preparing to say farewell to the year. Welcome to Hand Pod. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 367 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by English Dan. Hello and welcome. Tony. Hello. And Andres. Hello and welcome. Uh, for our final episode of the year, um, because we're not going to record this time next week, obviously. Definitely not. And probably not the this time next week after that either, uh, or the week after that, as normal people might call it. Um, we will be back towards the end of the summer break. The first round of matches at the end of the summer break takes place on the weekend of the 25th of January. So I would guess that we're going to be back around the 21st-ish. That's a Wednesday. Yeah. There's one game before, um, right? But yeah, depending on if we were it's going to be on the 19th, but we're yeah. not going to come back and do a whole preview episode just for that. Definitely not. Although we are doing a review episode for very few matches um, right now. Um, so... The state of play at the moment is that the Superliga is almost completely up to date, apart from Independiente v River. Um, last week, as we mentioned, Arsenal de Sarandí versus Colón, which was um, delayed due to Colón being in this Sudamericana final from round 13, was played. As was Independiente v Newells, which I can remember being postponed at the time, but I've completely forgotten why, because it was from the second round. Can anybody remember why it was... Which one? Independiente Newells from round two. Rain, possibly. It might have been, it was the only one called off that weekend. Um, But anyway, that got played as well last Friday. Uh, Those finished Arsenal 2, Colón 1. So Colón's awful run after the Sudamericana final continues. And Independiente 2, Newell's 3. I only saw one of those goals, uh, but it was Newell's winner. And it was wonderful. Uh, Maxi Rodriguez putting the end on a... a, uh, Sorry, not putting the end on, playing the final pass, if I'm remembering correctly. No, it was it was his finish, in fact, with uh, Brian Rivera off playing the final pass but at the end of a really nice team move uh, to put Newell's ahead for the first time in the game in the 86th minute. Um, there was then the Copa Argentina final, which was won by River Plate. Was it 3-0? Yes, yeah. I think so. I still haven't seen the goals for that, I must say. Against Central Córdoba. And then uh, the most um, prestigious game oh, huge. since we last recorded in, in the world, I think. Mm. I think so, yeah, if not the universe. Um, It finished 2-0 in Racing's favour over Tigre, making them the inaugural champions of the Trofeo de Campeones. And if there's any sense, the only ever champions of it. Um, (laughs) There were two goals from... I've forgotten who. I I, I watched the whole game, so I know it was... The two goals were almost identical. Yeah, they were. Uh, Breakaway from Walter Montoya. And were they quite close together as well? They were about five minutes apart or something. Uh, they were well, both in the same right? half. I can't, ex- yeah. I can't remember yeah, the exact timing. But well, yeah, Montasha breaking away down the right. Yeah. Um, so this week we're going to have a quite short episode. And then, as I said last week, um, in the second half, we will go on our break. But if you're a Handapod Patreon supporter, then you'll be getting lots and lots of extra content while we're on the summer break. Because the main reason that the four of us have got together tonight um, is to record several episodes of Handapod Extra. I thought it was because we just enjoyed each other's company. No, of course. Yeah. I can't wait to see the back of you lot for the year. Um, the the main reason is is to give you all uh, your patrons um, some uh, stuff in return for the money that you'll be giving us during January. So if you're not a Patreon supporter, then please get over to patreon.com slash handapod. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash handapod and sign up. I'm not going to mention our sponsors this week just because... There's no Argentine football on for the next month, so there's not really any point. In your yeah, don't use your free trial now, you'll be sorely disappointed. Exactly. I mean, if you're a regular listener, then you know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to plug them because it's not the right time to do so. Um, you get angry. So, Arsenal versus Colón. Who's, who watched this one? <laughs> no. No one. 
No, really? No one. I don't think even Arsenal and Cologne fans watched it. I have a, a sneaking feeling I might have watched the second half, but I can't remember any of it. That was when all three of the goals were. But, but um, when was he playing? Uh, because I... <laughs> it was the day that we were recording. Yes. Last time. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Ah. Oh, that's right. That's why I watched the second half, because you lot cleared off at half-time, and then I ended up watching the rest of the game to distract myself from the um, British election. <laughs> Um, yep, that and yeah, I, I still I can't remember anything about it though. Apart from that, Arsenal definitely deserved to win. That's it. Yeah, but Shermer with Tiso and goal opened the scoring. With some Moreno equalised for Colón an hour in, and then Emiliano Mendes got what proved to be the winner with 19 minutes to play. We 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 can talk about a little bit actually about Colón because they were managerless in that game because uh, Lavagen left after the game with Old CV and now they confirm. The Diego Sella, the miracle worker once. Yes, I think. It's did we say last week that's just a real lateral, yes. a real side by step? Yes, it is. It is. But now it is confirmed. And if you could have I, told I, me I, that Diego Sella resigned and Lavashem was taken over, I believe like, you all the same. But you know. the, 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 the odd thing from a neutral perspective, it's say, uh, looking and, and reading a lot of Cologne fans being really hopeful and, and happy about it. And I mean, he did did wonders once with a bad team, and now he has at least the the the, the time to create or find players that maybe do something better. But it's not like Osella did wonderful with <laughs> in other teams after he left Colón. What did he do with Colón? He went to Newell's. I remember he went to Newell's. Amelgrano, right? Amelgrano, right? Yeah. No, I mean. What did he do good at Cologne uh, the first time? Oh. Ah, the first time he saved yes. him for, from relegation ah, right. in a playoff against Atletico Rafael, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was it was actually a miracle. They were about to go down ten minutes left in the game, and they did manage. What was to this? Two thousand seven, two thousand seven, something like that. Oh. Maybe later, but it, 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 I mean, he he did enough to get them to play off <coughs> and. Did enough to 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 survive the playoff. Well, that's good. But yeah. it was more about being enough to to motivate the players. Mm-hmm. It's not a tactician. Yeah. Or there was one nice thing for Cologne this week, at least at least for their fans. They got a a rather pleasant um, pat on the back from from Alejandro Dominguez, oh, the yeah. Cologne president. Didn't the, the see this? I, I, I actually retweeted a comment about it. But I'm yeah. going to pretend not to have heard about it so that you can explain it to our listeners. Yeah, ahead of the um, the various South American draws that took place this week, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later, he thanked Cologne fans for being so amazing. Said that um, thank God they exist because otherwise um, the inaugural single Copa Sudamericana final would have been a fiasco. Um, Did he actually say that last bit? Though? No, I'm. He didn't say the otherwise. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Yes, that's essentially what he meant, I believe. And then he played a Los Palmeiras song, right? Yeah. For good measure. Yeah. His phone, I heard. Yeah, from the phone. <laughs> Which yep. seems um, a little bit low budget for an organisation yeah. of Commonwealth's prestige and standing. Yeah. It, everything is low budget. So that was nice for Cologne, yeah. and he's kind of right. I mean, it weren't for Cologne's fans who made their way up to Asunción. It was right. Yes. 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 Um, it would have been a real damp squib, I think, that game. So yeah, well done, Cologne. Well done, them indeed. Yes, um, it says here, Tony, here being Wikipedia, that Diego Osella um, was in charge of Cologne in 2014. 2014, yep. So we're misremembering that playoff. I did slightly. But um, then there weren't playoffs in 2014. Were? Yeah, yeah, they were. I thought the promotion ended by then. Nope. No, the promotion ended. Ah, no, this was a playoff between two Primera clubs yes. close to be relegated. Yes, yep. not exactly. yes, not the promotion. Yeah, the tiebreaker. Yeah, rather yes. than yeah. The, they, they, then he went to Olimpo, Newell's, San Luis de Quixota in Chile, and then to Belgrano and Melgar in Peru. Not very <laughs> shiny or <laughs> spectacular. I, I'm looking but then neither are to be fair. I'm looking here at Colón's recent form. I've forgotten that they actually won a game a few weeks ago against the Estudiantes, 3-2. Uh, but they've lost six of the last seven. Eight of the last ten. Um, and... 
That's well. Oh no, that's it. In fact, because right, the game before that was the draw against Atletico Mineiro in the the win. Sorry, aggregate win mm-hmm. against Atletico Mineiro second leg. I think yes. It's very confusing. So for score reckons that both oh that both games did finish two one. Of course they did. It's, it's got it down as a two one draw here, but it was actually a two one defeat, but an aggregate draw, which is why they've got that because the first leg finished two one. Um, so yeah, the the form has dropped off a cliff and Osella is going to have to rebuild the team I think in many ways and mm. I mean Luis Rodriguez isn't going to be staying over the summer break is he? he Osella said that he wanted him to stay okay but they, they, they have to do everything in their power to make him stay and he wants I mean this, this looks like the anti-football he wants a centre-back like a, a proper no-nonsense no centre-back mm. Uh, two midfielders that can do everything and one player to cover both wings in defense and a number nine that plays like Peter Crouch oh good so yeah that's going to be pretty interesting to see yeah <laughs> Peter Crouch alongside Luis Rodriguez is a combination I, I didn't say yes. Peter Crouch I said some, someone like quite similar no, no, I, I get that but um, it's an interesting mix of styles up front. Physically similar, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he wants to do again the the, the, the typical put the, the ball in the front as soon as we get it. Stick it up to the big man. Yeah. Um, put it in the mixer and all of that. Um, Arsenal, however, are closing the year out quite well. Three wins and a draw from the last four games this year. Um, admittedly, those wins have come against Gimnasia, Huracan, and Alcolón. Um, so it's not fantastic. But anyway, it's, I think it's better than, than uh, anyone would have expected from a team that has recently come came up to the to fight division again. Yeah, so and, and I think that it, it, it's a good way of them sort of having arrested that slide that began because they won. Was it their first four games in a row? Or their first five. They games started. They were very they well tailed off. The, yes. you know, they, they were top of the table with a perfect record, then they tailed off. Quite incredibly, um, and didn't win again for, for quite some time. And so now to have, have won, as I say, the last three out of the last four, um, and they're only three points off the lead because of the fact that, as we said last week, everybody above them yes. has just been obsessed with this everything idea of making the title race to, as tight as it can be. Yeah, everything that must win to to be the leaders or to stay in the leadership, they they, they can't do it. They can't win. So that may, makes a league which is poor in terms of the. That anyone winning two uh, two matches, one nil perhaps uh, playing awfully, can get close to the to the to the leadership. So are you, are you saying there is hope for Patronato? Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Patronato are on thirteen points. If they were to win two games, then they'd be up to nineteen. They'd only be eleven behind the leaders. Yeah. Uh, I think pretty much everybody apart from Godoy Cruz, who had three <laughs> points adrift at the bottom, uh, that that can be said for really. Um, but I Cruz have got 9 points but then Aldo Sivio second bottom have got 12 so if they were to win 2 in a row they'd be up to 18 we have discussed yeah, last sort week sort of it's relatively tight and then from I mean there are 10 points covering the top 17 teams <laughs> we have discussed this uh, already uh, last week about San Lorenzo for example that they are 3 points away from the from the first uh, from the leaders with Argentina yeah. and, uh, and they're crap it's actually four points, but I mean the Quite point. Cool. The fact stands. They, they like, it's still Lanús are a point off the top, and as, as Phil tweeted me after they won a couple of weeks ago, it's just shocking to think that they're that, that close to the title after the season they've had. I think it's um, going to be a case that perhaps the least inept team wins this season. It certainly feels like it because yeah. once we get back from summer, we're going to have at least a month before all of the new coaches, all of the new players, new presidents in many cases have time to settle in. Um, and then the season's over. Well, maybe, I mean, do you think that could be an advantage for Colón? Because Colón at least <laughs> already know who their new co- coach is. So Osorio's got a, yeah, but you a won't... full pre-season. Well, most of them have full pre-season. I'm not suggesting that Colón are going to win the league, by the way. But... I really hope not. Although, no, perhaps it wouldn't surprise me at this, nope. at this stage. Um, yeah, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm not expecting a great improvement once we get back from, from the summer break either. No. Uh, last Friday afternoon, then, was the other Superliga game in hand, Independiente versus Newell's. I've already told you who won it. Uh, did any of you catch any of it? 
Mm. It was a really. It was. Like, it kicked off at like five past five or five past four or something in the afternoon. Was it last uh, Friday? Which is why last I saw last the last Friday. five minutes because it was finishing just as I got to the pub. Maybe I saw something of it. I can't remember what I did last Friday. I can't remember what I did today. That's what I think a kid does for you, Dad. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm. I'm not even sure what today is to be honest. Anyway, um, today yeah. is today is Thursday. Today, today is Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Cecilio Dominguez opened the scoring. Uh, I didn't see that one. Angelo Gabrielli, who. I can't remember whether Jamie talked to us about Gabrielli or not uh, when he was he's, here, but I've noticed him coming through in the last sort of couple of weeks, and he seems yeah. to be reasonably. He may have two two surnames as his Uruguayan, perhaps that's the point. No, I'll, I'll check his feature in a minute. Uh, but anyway, he equalised after 38 minutes, and then Silvio Romero, with like the last kick of the first half, scored a penalty to put Independiente two one up at the break. Uh, one hour in, Fabrizio Fontanini made it 2-2, and then, as I said, 87 minutes, I said 86 minutes earlier, 87 minutes in, Maxi Rodriguez, um, with a pretty simple finish, but at the end of a very nice, slick team move, uh, put Newell's ahead for the first time all game. We'd have to look when we've got a bit more time, I'm not suggesting we do it now, but the amount of games this season where in the Benyendia front away leads, because I get the feeling, just off the top of my head, that it's pretty much all of them. They seem to have led in an inordinate amount of games only to mm. end up drawing or losing. We'll have to do it. have a statistical look, perhaps during the half-time break, mm. and see whether we can do that. Tony picked up his phone, so I'm hoping yeah. he's, that's what he's doing at the moment. I mean, that's yeah. essentially been their problem. They just haven't been able to hold on to leads. They've played all right football at, at times, I think, under Becasese, and since uh, Becasese left uh, under the interim Beron. Is that how? Yes, yes. Beron with a, Beron. With a B. Yes. Indeed, um, but they just seem to lose shape and not concentrate when when they got the lid. Mm. And if they just turned a few of those um, slip leads, those draws and defeats into wins, they'd probably be very close to the top of the table. Which, again, is damning with faint praise because look at the teams at the top of the table. But um, I think it's even more damning on Independiente that they're so far down um, when. They should at least have a squad to, to be up there. Well, we had yeah. a draw against Union. Was I remember the one against Union. Yeah. And there was another against Lanús. They Lanus, started definitely. winning against Talleres. But supporters started yelling, well, uh, this nonsense uh, chanting, saying que se vayan todos, that everyone to leave. And well, you, you can't uh, tell everyone to leave because <laughs> they must have someone who, who would turn the lights off at the yes. end. So, the, the only two times the Independiente started winning, they ended up drawing 2-2. I mean, they're, they're, again, I'm going to refresh because that didn't make sense. <laughs> the, the, the times they didn't, they didn't get to win when they scored their first goal ended up 2-2, once against Lanús, once against Union. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And against News. Yeah. And even in, I mean, against San Lorenzo, they won 2-1, but they scored Sport first and then conceded an equaliser. And against Godoy Cruz, they also won two one, and they fell behind. They had to come come from behind. Um, is is this something that Jorge Amayal is actually saying? Or do yeah, think he, he said it earlier. Uh, so, he did say it earlier. Right. Uh, apologies to listeners. Let's explain the context here. Uh, the other boys just started laughing and looking at the television. And uh, there is a quote from New Boca Juniors president Jorge Amayal currently on the screen, which says, "A hacker took six hundred thousand euros." I don't know anything about this because I've been chasing my brand new computer monitor around Buenos Aires all afternoon. This so story just, first what? arises, it's not an entirely new story, it's been around since about March. But this is a meme now, this is going to be a meme. Oh yeah, I'll take a screenshot of that. But am I right, this, in rumour form, or report form, around March, February, and it was There from, was something about a, a, a um, transfer payment to a club, and somebody had gone in and adjusted one of the bank details so instead of Boca getting the money yeah or Ankelisi is fallen victim like a phishing a phishing yeah. uh, scam or something with his emails and end up sending some random hacker uh, half a million that. euros wow. I think we talked about that when yeah. it happened it and it had never been confirmed but now Amiel who is the new Boca president he's come in and he has you know control of the uh, the accounts and whatnot. he apparently has confirmed it um, Boca really did send half a million euros to I assume some glasses-wearing teenager um, working out of his mum's basement, um, but with some skills with a computer. 
Yes, and so, that resulted in a big argument with the club that they were signing a player from because they were like, well, yes. we, we sent you the money the other day and this, the, the receiving, supposedly receiving and definitely selling club were going, it's not turned up in our accounts. Well, I can't remember is who was the player. Lisandro Lopez, possibly? Made sense by Diamant. It made sense. Salio? No, because it was at the start of the year. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's when Lisandra, I think it was Lisandro Lopez, yeah. And the club was Benfica. Benfica, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Let's go with that until we have information. Sounds sufficiently familiar. Yes. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, so that's the Superliga. As I said, not quite fully up to date because Independiente River isn't being played until January. The reason, of course, that Independiente River wasn't played last week or last weekend uh, was that the Copa Argentina final involved River. Now. I must admit, I was hoping to have the chance uh, to re-watch, or rather to watch the Copa Argentina final in its entirety on catch-up uh, before we recorded this, uh, so that I could give a proper opinion of it, and I forgot to. Um, I hadn't really... We did mention last week when it was being played, and the time, and the day, and everything, and it, I, it didn't twig to me what a bloody stupid idea playing the cup final at a time on a Friday night when an awful lot of you know, neutral fans who don't give as much of a toss about the game are going to be just out at the pub. Well, they had to give centre stage to the weekend's biggest game. It, it didn't occur to me what a stupid idea it was. And so I, I caught the second half, or the last 35 or 40 minutes, um, because that was when I got back from my Friday evening drinking. Um, but... Just why? Why? Why not? And, th- and then they put the Trofeo de Campeones. No offence, down, but I mean, if 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 you can stop joking for a second, then the Copa Argentina final should have been the bigger match this week. I will admit nothing. Um, and they put the Trofeo de Campeones on at was it five o'clock or six? O'clock? No, seven o'clock. Or seven, right? But more like prime, prime time. time on a Saturday night. Yeah, like, why perfect. Not do that with the Copa Argentina final. Have the Trofeo de Campeones on a Monday or a su- what, Sunday? Sorry, not Monday. Or the other way round. And Trofeo de Campeón is when it was, and the Copa Argentina final on a Sunday. When people I mean, actually... you're assuming that in this organisation there was any kind of coherence because they're two entirely separate entities. Oh, no, totally, yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're not organised by the same people. I'm only, but I'm only surprised they didn't contrive to put them both on the at the time. same time. Yeah. Um, but it, it, just, it just struck me as really stupid because, yeah. OK, River fans and Central Cordoba fans were obviously watching it anyway, whatever time it's on. But the National Cup final is the perfect opportunity to get loads of neutralise on the game as well and they just and they say, they say then they say that they want to sell the product of Argentine football and you have the final of the Copa Argentina which is a, a, a relatively new tournament it has been played before but now since 2012 it was like re-released uh, again and, and you make it play at times that in Europe is well I, I, I know that in Europe perhaps doesn't Call their attention. Yeah, it uh, started at twenty past or half past nine uh, here. So if you're in the UK, that's half past midnight. One. If you're in Western or Central Europe, it's half past one in the morning. To be fair, they were playing in Mendoza, and Mendoza at a time which would have been appropriate for European audiences would have been far too hot to, well, to play a game yeah. of football. Another potential reason to maybe think twice about the whole staging of the competition, and you know, <laughs> just have it somewhere more sensible as well as a more sensible time Santiago del Estero possibly <laughs> Catamarca Catamarca um, last place anyway in the game itself the impression that I got from the second half um, and, the, and the impression that I got from seeing updates on Twitter during the first half was that River were dominant um, what I do know is that they scored two one quite nice goal in the second half and one absolutely gorgeous goal Ignacio Fernandez's to make it 2-0 um, was a lovely team move and then Julian Alvarez followed it up just a few minutes later with one that wasn't far off being just as nice um, happy Andres? yes not, not, not that happy in the first half as you have uh, perhaps uh, not what happened in the second half but not in the first one in the first half uh, Armani had to appear there because uh, even not being Better than River Central Cordoba had their, their chances, and and Armani had a one to one on one or head to head chance for them, and, and he saved it really well. Uh, he had two. One it was a long di- uh, distance shot from from Gervasio Nunez, who is known for 
his great mm. shooting abilities and uh, that from Herrera I think it was uh, and then yes River was clearly better uh, in the second half they could make it so even clearer than they were better uh, with these goals you, you mentioned with that that were in, in I think that the the one of those uh, had 20 touches before yeah. the, the, the before it the, the, it finished in, in, the, in the net so yes yes happy especially because well it was the third Copa Argentina uh, making the same amount of Copa Argentinas and Boca and uh, mm. being uh, had having the ticket to the group stage the, the Copa Libertadores which was another thing that River was looking for since they lost the, the final against Flamengo yeah, and we'll be talking about the Libertadores draw and the Sudamericana draw after the break. Obviously, Dan's already mentioned uh, Alejandro Dominguez's uh, speech prior to the Sudamericana draw. Um, but it, it was, I guess, a nice palate cleanser for River as well, right? After the bad taste left in the mouth by the Libertadores final, it's nice to have a trophy. Yes. Right. It, was it was like a demonstration of, well, we, are, we have lost that, co- that Copa Libertadores, it was painful. But now we have to follow and to get back today, today, and we have another final, which was the I think the idea and the and the thoughts they had, and, and it was like that. Apparently, uh, sorry uh, to talk over you. Apparently, Marcelo Gallardo has won a trophy for every twenty-four matches he's been in charge of River. One <laughs> uh, yes. one every six months, pretty much. He's been in charge for five and a half years, and it was his eleventh trophy. So eleven eleven trophies, which are perhaps I I, w- I will. It is counted as a trophy. I, oh, I yeah, it's not including the Saruga yes, Bank and the yes. Super Cups and all that other nonsense that if you were in Europe you'd have a difficult time well, actually selling it as, as a proper trophy. But, I mean, here they're taken seriously and, um, and they count them. So, who are we to argue? Although I do frequently, but anyway. Um, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Yes, and it was um, Juan Fernando Quintero, the every thinking person's favourite footballer in Argentina uh, wasn't in the River squad for this I've just noticed he got injured right in the game against San Lorenzo I mean does he manage to play himself back into the River team in the new year I've got to ask this question because when he's on form he's obviously the best player in the country if not the continent but he was injured for such a long time and then he came back and initially looked fine and then as we sort of said a few weeks ago maybe he didn't quite get back into the starting lineup quickly enough and went off the boil um, and it now, you know, to the point where in this Copa Argentina final, River clearly didn't miss him at all. Mm. Um, does he play himself back into the team? I guess if they end up selling Ignacio Fernandez or Ezequiel Palacios, or, or he they did sell. They have Palacios, Palacios, yeah. Uh, if, if they end up losing somebody else, then it's going to be a little bit easier yeah, for. They are trying to for Ignacio Fernandez to stay. It won't be easy since he has already said that he has started playing for division quite late. Mm. He, got, he will be 30 in soon mm. and, and he didn't make the, that, that big difference in terms of money uh, that every player that goes abroad makes mm. and um, River will offer him a, of course better contract a four years I think terms contract uh, being the, uh, one of the best paid I, I think he was already uh, best paid uh, players in the squad uh, yeah but you, you can compete with Mexico Oh, no, you and, and even Brazil, because it was said that Checho Colette wants him from Inter. Yeah, yeah, and those are the only markets that would probably be really interested in in, in that front. He was I, I don't think Europe is going to be. No, he was also linked. MLS, maybe. He he was also linked with uh, mm. Los Angeles Galaxy, where Guillermo Barrascolato is, is the coach. But uh, I see him more perhaps in Brazil than in the. MLS. And he has a release clause, right? 15, 15 million, which is high for a 30-year-old... 15 million what? Dollars? <laughs> I don't know. Patagones. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yes, it will be difficult. Foreign money. See, his level, his performances have been better and better around the year and now. Yeah, he's a late bloomer. Yes. I think all River would settle for less, though, to be honest. All I would not like knowing to exactly say what currency it is, but they probably settle for a bit I, less. I can't remember the exact um, episode numbers. But go back and listen to some of the episodes that we recorded towards the end of 2015, and then possibly to the first couple of episodes that we recorded in 2016 after River had just signed Ignacio Fernandez, and you will hear me raving about his performances in Gimnasia during that last campaign. Um, I'm 
really both delighted for him and also very smug about the fact that he has been recognised in the last couple of weeks as the best player in Argentina. And he's, because I said that River were getting one of the best players in Argentina when they signed him. And then he and had a bit of a slow start to yeah. River and I said no. He's and they, know and he's done it all despite having baby legs, which is perhaps the most astounding thing of all of this. And without wanting to offend anybody who might be listening or, or has baby around legs. the table, yeah. in fact, I'm now looking at all of your mouths, but he, he's also done it while wearing braces at the age of 29. This is true. Um, yes. Which uh, I, I realise that some people have to, but it's not a fortunate thing, I guess. Should be uncomfortable. Yeah, it must be. I've got slightly crooked teeth there. But I've never had to. Well, I've never had braces put in, uh, so I've always been I've considered myself quite lucky to have got away with that. Um, anyway, um, just in case I, I yes. heard I, I read uh, in at Ole uh, that the uh, river is looking for Paradela, the baby Nacho Fernandez will say who the baby baby legs Paradella the gimnasia another gimnasia midfielder yeah okay okay who who was very good in in their last couple of games or so I've heard yes Um, Maradona's going to be delighted about that one when they came back who was it they beat a week and a half ago they came back from 1-0 down to win 2-1 with Contine scoring both goals I think it was he set at least the first one up he might have set them both up but he was really really good in the second half Um, I imagine Maradona like the the bad guy in, in Austin Powers like one million dollars <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to get on to very briefly discuss the most prestigious game of the weekend Dan um, as Racing crushed mighty Tigre <laughs> in Eduardo Caldet's it's last game again, in yeah. charge to go out in a blaze of glory before he joins as it has now been confirmed he's joined Internacional de Porto Alegre Making um, him Racing's most successful coach since 1967. Bloody hell. The first coach since uh, Pizzuti, I believe, uh, to win two titles with Racing. I was going to say, on the one hand, it's kind of damning, it with, damning them with faint praise, yeah. given the size of club we're talking about. Mm. Uh, on, on the other, when you say the most successful coach since they were world champions, it makes it sound so much grander than it actually is, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, you t- are you talking good about Codet or talking bad about Racing? No, I'm talking good about... Caldet, he's been, oh, okay, okay. I think he's been a fantastic coach for Racing. He's had him uh, up in the, the top echelons of of the Superliga ever mm-hmm. since he, he took over. Uh, he's worked very well with Diego Melito um, and kind of identifying new players, uh, bringing the team in. There's obviously criticisms to be made, I think. he's As a coach, he's probably a little bit inflexible. He's not, you know, he has his preferred way of playing and he's not that great in um, in switching it up if yeah. it's if it doesn't work doesn't adapt very well doesn't adapt very well no um, but overall is um, is two only two years Christ two years um, uh, Rassi you, 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 you became a father hmm? you became a father yeah. they've been wholly positive um, yeah. the game on Saturday wasn't the best Racing I've played under him, not by a long shot. Um, they were slightly better but than. It's, it's been a while since Racing actually played that really well. Uh, the last three four months was Maribel trying to get to the end of the year to he he maybe yeah, he, you can he, see he saw himself leaving. Yeah. So you can see that Chacho had already started checking out the players yeah. too, <coughs> and. As a league woman, <laughs> don't, don't die. I'm a drink of Fernet now. That's better. And as the league form kind of stagnated, it all became about this um, this cup, which though Sam might snicker, um, there is a, an I interesting sort of. Re- I'm not the only one. Okay, but I mean, you kind of are because well, you're not obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> what I see from Argentine fans, they don't discriminate I mean a cup is a cup so most would see this kind of game on a par with the Supercopa which is uh, in turn on a par with the Copa Argentina well, they're well, trophies yeah. they're official trophies I mean, they go in the, the cabinet I can understand because you, you, you can put it like I'm not saying I agree, but I know I know, know but the celebrations the amount of Racing fans that went to Mar del Plata to watch this game that kind of makes it but not it, meaningless. It, it, it's, good, it's good for the squad. I mean, probably half of the players are going to stay and at least 
they finish the year with a with a win. Oh yeah, clearly. doesn't matter how big yeah. it is. I mean, it, at least it's something you can celebrate and, and trying to put the, the the first blocks for the new manager. Totally, yeah. And it's, it's not, a nice way to look at that. It's yeah. not that bad. Otherwise, I mean, how are Racing going to end it with a defeat against Lanús, a draw against oh, I can't even remember Arsenal de Sarandí, whoever, uh, on a real downer and without a coach. Now there is optimism and yeah. and people feel a bit. A little bit better about themselves. And maybe it's going to put some of the recent... Uh, I mean, Chacho Godet left saying that he will never manage Independiente. So it's kind of shading a little bit because it's like becoming the new Racing yeah. manager. Uh, and and the, the Cristaldo thing going around, I think it, it, it was good for the squad to win something. Yes, I mean, I'd agree. Even I if think it was against it's be a Tigre team who obviously aren't the same Tigre that won the Copa Superliga, yeah, they looked very demoralised, they were dirty as hell, um, yeah. just know, frying headlocks, punches, all sorts around um, Mariplata. Um, yeah, Racing did enough to enough to win against opposition they were expected to be. Mm. Yeah, happy. As you say, it's a more positive. I've just looked up Racing's last few league games of the year and in the last six it's four draws Banfield Patronato Tacheres and Defensa Justicia one win against Huracan and a defeat against Lanús and the record in the last three was those two draws against Tacheres and Defensa Justicia and then the loss to Lanús Indeed. Um, so it is obviously a chance to end on a more positive note it's also I always get a little bit um, I, I did as well before although I didn't mention it on here I don't think slightly emotional when, when Chacho Caldet leaves Argentina before he went to Mexico I thought oh, it's a bit of a shame because he was I guess kind of at the peak of his midfield powers when I first came here and I don't know whether he would have been playing in the very first river game I went to on my first visit um, but uh, yeah I, I sort of one of my first memories of when I started to watch Argentine football and obviously watched river more than any of the other teams were Chacho Caldet just tearing up the midfield he was a really 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 good player um, Probably a better player than he is a manager, yeah. and he's not yeah. a bad manager by any standard. Future of a coach? Well, I was going to say he's popular enough with the fans. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. that, as, as you said, his limitations as a coach. He's much, much, much less flexible than Gachardo, and yet. Yeah, but you have to work on the assumption. I think that you're not going to get another Gachardo. Well, exactly. Yeah, there isn't another Gachardo that is going to come to River. If Gachardo's there for another year, and then when he leaves River. Announced that Caldet is coming in to replace him. Andres, how will you feel? Yes, I, I, I agree. I don't. I, I, I won't see that the natural uh, candidate to make something similar as Cachara, which is very, very difficult anyway, would be Caldet. Uh, I, I, it's hard to think about any other. Uh, I would say, and I don't want to people misunderstand what I'm going to say. I, I feel the same, or, or kind of the same. With Caudet than with Mourinho, he's a motivator. He works very well the first year, and then because uh, for different but the reasons, second year maybe, he won the league with Racing and he won the Trofeo de Campeones. For different reasons, maybe because Mourinho is a little bit more uh, a character, difficult character. Maybe the the, the main uh, thing with with Caudet is not being adaptable enough. But, but he it, has it, it, he has his tactical knowledge. He does yeah, get yeah. it to work. Romanzi has the one tactical idea. Which is a problem. Well, yeah, that also responds to your score us, as well, right? Some yeah. people might argue that Mourinho's got one tactical idea as well. It's just that it's yeah. much less entertaining than Caldets to watch, and therefore people who don't have to put up with watching it every week because they support one of the clubs Mourinho manages go, oh, he's brilliant, he's so intelligent. <laughs> and when you actually have to fucking sit down and watch it, <laughs> boring as sin. But anyway. Um, yes, sorry, Tony. <laughs> um, it's it's all still ahead of you. Um, <laughs> the good news is that it will be over one day. That's that's one thing that you do know. About. It's, it's going to go. It's all going to hit the fan at some point. Anyway, we're going to take a half-time break. When we get back, we will talk um, about the Continental Cup draws. I think so. Don't right. go away.
if you hear uh, a door opening very quietly in the background at some point during this second half, it's because Tony's just popping out for a minute. Or because Anna's popping in. Or because Dan's girlfriend is popping in. Someone's leaving or someone's getting in. Indeed. Circle of life. So apologies in advance. Um, the Copa Sudamericana draw was made on Monday? Last night, I think, was it? Uh, was it last night? Okay. Was made last night, uh, which was Wednesday, yeah. so very much not Monday. I was forgetting what day of the week it was as well. I had in my head that it was Wednesday today, even though we said earlier it's Thursday. Um, as was the Copa Libertadores draw. Gents, I'm pretty sure you were all paying more attention to it than I was. Mm-hmm. Even I just couldn't remember what day it took place. Uh, what happened? Anything interesting? Yeah, Argentine teams got drawn into groups uh, in which <laughs> they will <laughs> play everyone else. Ah, I thought we were talking about the Libertadores. No, we're talking about both. I was just being sarcastic. Sorry. Yes, um, yes various Argentine teams got drawn against various teams from across South America. Mm. Yep. Um, as a prelude to games which said teams will play at a later date. Indeed. There was a good chance uh, for fans of one big five t- side to laugh at another, just as Dan did when Independiente got drawn against Binacional. Of mm. Peru shortly after playing in the second division themselves. Um, was it last season that in yes. Copa Sudamericana? Yes. Uh, yes. Because this season, River, who not very many people have spoken about it, so you might not be aware, but River have had a spell in the second division uh, during the current decade, um, also got drawn against B Nacional because they've been put in the same Libertadores group. The That's new the Peruvian champions. Indeed, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, um, the other yeah, is also is it San Paulo and another team who yeah, Liga de Quito thank you Andres so we're going to start with Libertadores or with Sudamericana just to get Libertadores the get the big one out sure. of the way okay. and there's another spicy clash as well because Boca have been drawn against Libertad de Paraguay Libertad's new manager is none other than Ramon Diaz who yep. has a little bit of history um, against Boca yeah, he doesn't like them much, does he? I've not heard something about this. Yeah. I, I, I'm not entirely clear on exactly why. Well, if you ask him, he might reply and say it wasn't me. But okay. No, indeed. Well, you, if there was a possibility to put a, a, a gif at this point, yes, this will be... But that doesn't work because we're on radio. Yep. Um, Do you want to go through the complete groups? I, will, I without... It just occurred to me that that might be a good idea, and I am... Um, oh, Tony's just put his phone in. Thank you, Tony. So, group, of us is on the group A, the holders, Flamengo, have been put in the same group as the Sudamericana champions, Independiente del Valle. That's an interesting way around doing it. It's a Recopa again, basically. Yeah. Uh, Atletico Junior, and oh, they're back. Was it last year they did the Libertadores draw with all of the teams already known, and it was a great disappointment? Because, you know, so I'm, I'm going to backtrack. So the most enjoyable thing about the Libertadores draw always used to be, and the reason that I've stopped paying attention to it in the last couple of years, used to be that they would draw it when only like half of the teams were actually known. And so you'd get well, you half get or more than half of the teams in, yes. in the draw would just be completely unknown. So it would just be like G1 or mm. J2 or, or, or the nation Of the nation. Paraguay yeah. Yeah. Uh, 3. And now... So it looks like at least some of them are still undecided. So Flamengo, Independiente del Valle and Atletico Junior will play against the winner of playoff match G1. In Group B, it's Palmeiras, Bolívar and let's not forget that they had to argue their case to be allowed into this competition. Tigre, as winners of last year's Copa Superliga. They're not going to do very well. No. Um, no. That's going to be... Probably not. It was Crusader or Palmeiras that got relegated. Crusader. 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 Okay. Two uh, second division teams. I like because you said Palmeiras. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what it was. Yeah, how would Crusader be in there? Uh, they yeah. Sorry. Um, and they want the other team in that group is going to be the playoff winners of playoff G2. <laughs> in group C, Peñarol are the first. How on earth are Peñarol still a first seed? In the Libertadores draw. I don't understand. Because they wanted more time. But when was the last time? <laughs> not this century. Nope. I mean, that's not a reason to be seeds. Uh, anyway, Peñarol, Colo Colo of Chile, who are back in it. I feel like they've been away for a couple of years. Atletico Paranaense um, and Bolivia 2. I mean, so, so far... So far in Chile and Bolivia, 
uh, they didn't manage to finish their season. Oh, yeah, yeah. For so, some reason. Yes. So they uh, just, in Chile at least, I'm not sure how in they did Mexico, it in Bolivia, but in Chile they just cut the season off after, I think, eight games mm. and said, yeah, uh, they're the champions. Oh, well, I didn't yeah. realise that. In, in Mexico either. So I know yeah. there's not in, in the Mexican, team, Mexican teams in Libertadores, but they're yeah. going to play the final on 28th of December. So, oh, wow. yeah. uh, I was going to say that that's going to be probably a tough grab for anyone. It's, it looks a good mix of teams. Yeah. I mean, between Colo Colo and I, I, I would have thought Atletico Pernayense are going to be quite heavy favourites to top it. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. In Group D, as we've already said, River, San Paulo, Liga de Quito and Binacional. In Group E, Gremio will play the Chilean Universidad Católica, who I also feel like we haven't seen in a while, but oh. the name does feel familiar because the new Universidad Católica <laughs> of Ecuador have been popping up in the Sudamericana for the last couple of years. America de Cali, who, that's another big name. They've not even been in the Colombian First Division for a while, right? They've had like three goes at getting out of the Second Division. Yes. They, well, they won the league this year, mm. so they are back. But prior to that, they've they been were in the, in the B for a while. Several yes. attempts to get in National also are the, elite, are the champions of yeah. Peru against Alianza Lima, Universitario. Yeah. That's, also, that's another... Top yeah, I mean, in, in Binacional's case, obviously, it's, it's historic because they've come up and won the first title, but American Academy are an old historic yes. name of yeah. Libertadores. They won the Libertadores. Really? Your phone keeps locking, Tony. It's probably a good idea if I just get it up on my phone, isn't it? <laughs> oh, um, top, top, just touch the screen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Group B, Gremio Universidad Católica of Chile and America de Cali and Team G4 from the playoff. Group F is Nacional of Uruguay. Racing of here, Alianza Lima of Lima, and Estudiantes de Merida of Venezuela. The Venezuelan sides are still being allowed into the Libertadores, in spite of the business last year, where they caused huge problems for everybody. Ah, yes. Despite being from a country with... Racing's first game is away in Venezuela, so that will be entertaining. That's good. That's going to be a tough, yeah. tough... I've already seen some Racing fans trying to plot their, their trip. It... Apparently, it's easier said than done to get yeah, to America. Well, yeah, because th there are no airlines flying direct between Argentina and. In fact, there's only one airline flying in and out of Venezuela. I think what you moment. need to do to get to, um, to Merida is. Go to Panama. No. Colombia? Uh, get to Cucuta mm -hmm. on the Colombian Venezuelan oh, border, and then you've got yep, a yep. brisk 240 kilometer sprint across disputed border territory mm. um, to get there, which. Just to say, makes uh, Tottenham fans complaints or supposed complaints about having to take a connection flight to get to Leipzig a little bit harder, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, just, my, um, just so you know, I didn't say anything. My, I'm sure you did. <laughs> one of my girlfriend's colleagues is, is Venezuelan and she's just brought her mum down here uh, to visit. And because of the fact that the only flights out of Caracas are, are via Panama City and therefore because the airline flying out of Caracas know that they're the only airline flying out of Caracas they put the prices way up so she paid as much for her mum's ticket from Caracas to here one way as my girlfriend and I paid for our tickets to London last time we went back to, yeah. to Europe uh, well, then you, if you want to come you had to go to the jungle in the bus so. indeed yeah uh, group F is oh that's Nacional Racing Alianza Lima Estudiantes de Merida we've said that already group G is Olympia of Paraguay Santos of Brazil, Delfin of Venezuela, who are one of the teams who've been entertaining Copa Sudamericana um, early round watches for the last, I feel like the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a team that should have a very Gaudi, uh, clip art inspired badge. It, are you right? saying this because you've seen their badge and you know that's exactly what it's like? I'm not, but it just sounds like the kind of team that would do it. I will Delfin's badge now. And I'll leave from Ecuador. Uh, oh, are they Ecuadorian? Yes. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, they are. I, I always thought they were Venezuelan. They, they look. They seem so shonky that I just sort of thought, oh, they must be. Um, and Defensa y Justicia. Remember oh, them? Defensa y Justicia against Delfín. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. This this is what you tune into the continent's top football competition for. And Group H is Boca Juniors, Libertad, FC Caracas, and the winners of Playoff G3. Oh my. These matches will begin, the first group games will kick off on the 3rd of March 2020, 
Um, so the, the week of the 3rd, 4th and 5th of March, which must be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, will be the first week of Libertadores action. Should be Take good. a look at that beauty. It's glorious, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it is it's saying, it's my passion. <laughs> it is exactly like a piece of clip art. Um, that does it's, not it's wonderful. disappoint. Uh, kind of look, they look like the evil dolphins that were on one Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add just quickly as I can because, as as uh, some said, there's still a couple of teams yet to be decided, and they didn't even got around the the first stage or anything. But somehow there's there are teams in the second stage already. Basically, the G1. That was about to be in Flamengo Independiente del Valle Junior. Mm-hmm. It's going to be either Cerro Porteño, Guarani, or a Bolivian team. I don't know which Bolivian team because okay. that's insane. G2 goes to Palmeiras, Bolivar, and Tigre. It's going to be between Cerro Largo, Palestino, Corinthians. Cerro Largo of Uruguay, right? Yes. Guarani mm-hmm. uh, or a Bolivian team. The Long Hill. The Long Hill. And she 4 that goes with Gremio, Universidad Católica, America y Cali, are Macará, Deportes Tolima, a team from Chile, or Internacional de Porto Alegre. Okay. So that's all good mix. And the team that goes with Boca Juniors. Sorry, has, hang on, wait. Gre- so Gremio and Internacional could end up in the same group? Yes. No, but cool. they can't. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. No, they will be changed there because they can't. Really? Oh, that would be a shame. From the same team, yes. No. So they're probably going to do that. That, that. that would be fun. And the, the G3 goes with Boca, Libertador, the Libertad, sorry, and Caracas. It's either uh, Independiente Medellín, Deportivo Táchira, Internacional o Chile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot to think about. When you say Chile, you mean. A team from Chile. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, Oof. For the okay. Sudamericana, should we just well, do the Argentine? Yeah, this is complicated. Maybe I, 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 I mix well, it up. Maybe okay. nobody cares. The Sudamericana draw. No, Dan, we're not going to do the Argentine teams, but I'm going to read through it very, very quickly. So the Sudamericana, um, I will stop when we get to an Argentine team. Coquimbo Unido versus Aragua. Bas- <laughs> just what? Vasco da Gama versus Bolivia 4. Mm-hmm. Bolivia 2 versus Emelec. Samora. Uh, versus Plaza Colonia, who won. No, that was. No, last they year. won one of the first uh, half of the season championships last year in Uruguay, yes. not this season. Uh, Bolivia won versus Melgar. Atletico Grau of Peru. Mm. That's G R A U versus River Plate. I think it's deeply unfair on the other teams that River get to field the team in the Libertadores and the team in the Sudamericana. Um, that's River Plate of Uruguay, of course. I'm being. Joshing. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Union de Santa Fe that's one of our teams versus Atletico Mineiro that's really tough for Union <laughs> yeah good luck with that Baya Atletico Mineiro who are going to have Jorge Sampaoli as their new coach apparently oh they are yeah Yeah. announced today Baya of Brazil versus Nacional of Paraguay Fenix of Uruguay versus El Nacional of Ecuador Atletico Nacional how many Nacionals are there in this competition is ridiculous <laughs> that's a good thing for the extra podcast I mean you've already I think probably worked out what is the most unoriginal name that you can possibly give a South American club football side given that there's also a Nacional competing in the Libertadores mm-hmm. yep. which is the one you've all heard it would be good for the semi-finals to be between Independiente and Independiente del Valle and El Nacional against Nacional yes please mm-hmm. that would be awesome uh, Atletico Nacional who of course are one of the bigger teams in this uh, competition the Colombians versus Huracan which could be interesting depending on what side of bed or I can wake up on. They've that, both been uh, rubbish, to be fair, over the last year, so yeah. it could be forever. Sol de América of Paraguay versus Guayash of Brazil. Mineros of Venezuela versus Sportivo Luqueño of Paraguay, who of course are uh, Conmebol's local team, because Conmebol is based in Luque. Belis Sarsfield of here versus Alcas of Ecuador. No, nothing at all about Alcas, so I can't tell you whether that's interesting or not. But they had a few hit records, I think, a few years ago. <laughs> you remember? Miss Jackson. Oh, I see uh, what you've done yeah. there. Right, yeah, very good. Um, 
Venice, though, I, oh, I would good. think that Venice ought to be hopeful of a sort of fair run in the competition, given some of the, the you know, the team that Hainsey has been putting together. Yeah, plus the Sudamericana has been crap since since they changed the format a couple of years ago to yeah. make teams unable to compete in both. Indeed, yeah. Misionarios of Colombia versus Bolivia 3. Lanús of here versus Universidad Católica. I would think that Lanús... Uh, that's Universidad Católica of Ecuador. Yep, I would think that Lanús are going to be another team optimistic that they could go a long way into the competition. Deportivo Cali versus another River Plate. This one's the, the Paraguayan River Plate, who I've Paraguayan never heard of. Yeah. Um, or in fact I had heard of them but not until a well there's a Manchester City in Peru everything is possible um, Argentinos Juniors versus Sport Huancayo of Peru that based on name recognition strikes me as a perhaps a slightly harder draw for Argentinos than some of the other teams it is got. tricky um, but as I say it's only based on name recognition and they, they, they have the advantage of the, of the altitude do they Yes, Sport Wankayo. And Wankayo is going to play at home sure. in the in the second leg, so that will be tough. Fluminense versus Union La Calera of Chile. Huachipato of Chile versus Deportivo Pasto. It's a great name, Huachipato. Sport grass. Sporting grass. Um, and Huachipato, as you say, that is also a pretty entertaining name. Real Garcilaso of Peru versus Audax Italiano uh, of Chile. Independiente of Avellaneda versus Fortaleza of Brazil. Fine. Okay. Good. And Llaneros of Venezuela versus Liverpool. That's definitely the hardest draw of the round, isn't <laughs> it? Bloody hell, they're going to destroy them. Only is Liverpool of Uruguay. I thought Liverpool had enough competitions on their plate with League Cup and all that. Yeah. I'm still waiting one year for both Everton of Chile and Liverpool of Uruguay to get into the Sudamericana in the same You think game. it might be a bit of a grudge match? I mean, well, I'd like to think so, but in, yeah. in reality, I, I'm not sure how many of the fans are going to actually be aware of the rivalry. I think they'd appreciate it. At least you have Rogelio Fulis Money having scored against Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that the other yeah. day, yeah. That was, uh, that was very entertaining. Yeah. Um, so the first games of this one, I mean, again, the Sudamericana, I don't know why they do this, but the first matches look like they're being played on the 4th of February. That's the earliest date I can see here. And some of the first legs... In spite of some of them being played on the 4th of February, some of them aren't getting played until... Oh, no, hang on. No, they're playing all the same legs. All the first legs are being played in two weeks. Two weeks? And then the second legs are being played a couple of weeks after that. That's remarkable. Yeah. So before, you might remember in recent years in the Sudamericana, we've had like some of the first legs of the first or second round have been played in February, and some of the, in like June, the first legs in the same round haven't started until like May. Um... So it's quite... This is bizarre. I mean, hopefully it carries on like this, but we shall wait and see. Congratulations. Indeed. Moving on to listeners' questions. Did we have some? I didn't see any. We have had some, yeah. First listeners' question of the evening is from Paul... Oh, I saw one from Ozzy Dan, that's right. Indeed. It's from Paul Reedy, who asked this... Reedy. Yesterday. Question this week, guys. What has been the reaction in Argentina to the new Maradona Netflix documentary series based on his time with Dorados? Is this a different one to the one that was in the UK recently that yes. everyone was talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think that was a live pick, whereas this is one yeah, that was just following him around in Mexico. Right. I didn't know this existed, so that... No, is... not did I. At least the one the indication of one person towards this news. Do you I mean, don't have so Netflix to be fair. I'm also, I mean, to be fair. please don't take offence, Paul, but I'm slightly confused about what you expect the reaction. I mean, some people will have watched it, I assume, if it's on Netflix Argentina. Yeah. Uh, but it's a bit it like... Is. Netflix has been in the news recently, it must be said, because of this <laughs> 30% uh, levy. Yes, indeed. Tourist levy. But I mean, it is on Netflix Argentina. I bought Football side. Manager the other day because of that 30% tourist levy. But before he comes into why wouldn't you wait until today and the winter sale? Pardon? There is the winter sale today, it's 15 discounts. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Yeah. Ah, okay. But I yeah, did the know levy on purchases in <laughs> yeah. dollars is going to come in any day now, so I thought I'd buy it as soon as possible. I get the feeling it's almost pointless to watch a Maradona documentary about something that happened in Mexico when we are living the, docu- the Maradona documentary day to day. 
Yeah. yeah. He's, he's coaching in Venasia. He's doing thing. crazy interviews. He uploads Instagram videos. I mean, the only the only thing it, the man's life is a documentary. The only thing I saw from that documentary in Mexico, it's the bit that got a little bit on social media when some kids want him to sign shirts and whatnot and he started shouting don't disrespect me don't disrespect me because the kids were saying Diego Diego and he said he wants them to call him Mr. Maradona and they, they did they started saying Maradona Maradona so okay that's a marvelous change well done wow well played yep uh, lovely good that sort of thing is why I don't watch any of them but anyway um, also in the replies to that tweet Jamie um, of Mr. Newell's in English uh, discovers that you don't have to watch everything dubbed on Netflix you can watch things in the original language with subtitles if you want to uh, so please do I do Australian Dan in a blast from the past I've no idea whether he actually listens to us or whether he just likes trolling us with silly questions occasionally I think it's the second to be honest I, I suspect it's the second but if you are listening Dan then hello and uh, ask some decent questions come back sometime uh, says, why isn't Cristiano Ronaldo's nickname La Pulga when he can clearly jump higher than Lionel Messi? It's true. La Pulga, for people who don't speak Spanish, means the flea. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it's a very good question. Because he's big, I mean, he'd have to be an animal that which is kind of big in stature, but also has a big leap. I mean, Kangaroo? I was going to say, I You'd can't think imagine... you would have thought of this, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, let's, call, let's keep... Jumping. Messi as La Puglia and Ronaldo can be the kangaroo. Yeah. Happy? Jumping spider. Messi, <coughs> ma- Messi managed to outjump Rio Ferdinand in the 20 was it 9? Champions yeah. League final. Um, as I very well remember, unfortunately. Uh, David Novoshevsky says, <coughs> Geich has been in good form for San Lorenzo of late after seemingly not figuring in the side for most of the early part of this season and last season. Any thoughts as to why and whether any of you think it will continue. Well, this was um, new San Lorenzo president, Marcelo Tinelli's first resolution, right? Um, hilariously. Adolfo like, No, like hilariously, given that this Tinelli. is someone who's made repeated attempts to be uh, AFA president and who has pontificated at length on the need to protect the Argentina national teams, to protect uh, local football so on and so forth his first act upon taking presidency of San Lorenzo because Matias Lamins the previous incumbent is now the sports and tourism minister of the nation yes Tonelli's first act was to um, uh, forbid Geich from taking part in the under 23 um, oh yeah Pre-Olympic I was tournament. wondering where you were going with this. I completely forgot about that. Everything I, I say will eventually get to its uh, destination. Which I thought was a fantastic piece of hypocrisy. You're a, you're a Christopher Nolan movie. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I guess that suggests that he'll be, he'll be taken into account. He certainly had a very good end to the season, despite all the grief that San Lorenzo have had. San Lorenzo do need to cut their squad down drastically, I think. Um, in this close season are they playing either of the continental tournaments? no no with no, more they were awful last season yeah but like 20 teams are in it I would have thought that's true they might have been able to sneak into but the no, top 20 but no they are I think Gleitch is going to be one of those who stays uh, who will survive the cold and I can see him starting 2020 as Perhaps not an undisputed starter, but definitely uh, first man off the bench, uh, fighting for a, for a place in the first eleven. San Lorenzo were twenty third in the Superliga last season and went out of the Copa Superliga in the first round against Atletico. Atleti- what am I talking about? Atletico Junior, Argentinos Juniors. <laughs> but other than that, this is AJU here, and I was like, yeah, I've got the wrong competition. So they're um, one of about four teams that didn't get relegated or into a cup Indeed. last season yes uh, that's it those are all of our questions for this week thank you very much for asking them yeah. we're going to go away now for about a month in fact yeah a, a month and a bit um, so thank you very much indeed for supporting Hand of Pod for another year we're over nine years old now if we're still going in a year's time then it, we're going to be over ten years old cool. 
We're going to have to actually throw a party or something when that happens, aren't we? You think so, yeah. Yeah, but, yes. but let's uh, get a bit closer to it first of all and see. Um, 2020 is going to be a very exciting year, I'm sure, for everybody. 2019 um, was all right. It's quite eventful, yeah. Football-wise. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much for sticking with us for another year. If you're a Patreon supporter, then we're about <coughs> to start recording all of the Hand of Pod extras that you're going to be listening to in the next few weeks. And if you want to be a Patreon supporter, uh, last week I made one of our episodes free. Episode 102 is now free for everybody to listen to. It was one that Dan and I recorded a few weeks ago, m- months ago in fact. Uh, the day that Juan Roman Riquelme's um, testimonial date was confirmed as being the 12th of December. And uh, I put a note in my Google Calendar at the time to make it publicly available so that everybody can listen and give a bit of a plug to the Handapod Extra um, on that date. And of course, it didn't actually end up getting played on the 12th of December because of reasons. Yes. But as it happened last week with what was being Juan Roman Riquelme's first week as official second vice president of Boca Juniors, ended up being quite a good excuse to put that episode live anyway. So have a listen to that. And if you like it, then you know where to sign up for more. If you sign up at the $2 a month level, then you will get one episode or two episodes of Hannah Pod Extra, um, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, basically, mm-hmm. um, each month. And if you sign up at the $5 a month level, then you will get lots and lots more than that. Um, so thank you to everybody who's already doing that. And please, if you're not doing, then go and do that. Patreon.com slash Hand Pod. And for now, it is Merry Christmas if you're celebrating it. And if not, then Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and all the rest of it from Andres. Happy everything. <laughs> from Tony goodbye from Dan good evening and have a wonderful start to 2020 and from me goodbye and see you soon <laughs>